0: As a matter of theology, as a matter of belief, the um, singularity of God and uniqueness of God in all religions is breached by the subjective element of the human of the human intellect that the human being humanizes God, subjectifies God and individualizes God the human being in, in all religions if you look at Christianity or Judaism and this actually one of the one of the points of, of debate in which the, uh, a Princeton University a rabbi was debating with a was a Muslim was a was a Muslim fellow was telling him that in Judaism we individualize God and we subjectify God unfortunately the Muslim guy didn't understand what he was talking about so he couldn't answer. But what he's referring to that both in Christianity and Judaism God is not an objective entity. God is individual and God is subjective. Consequently, you can basically cast God as you you please. God is not very demanding. God is sort of whatever you want God to be. And that's why, if you notice, in Christianity and Judaism, that's effectively what God has become. God is basically what you want God to be. Or, in order to avoid this, you create someone who speaks for God. Because the humanizing aspect, because there is no clear demarcation between human beings and God. For one thing, God is begotten and begets. God is a type. And even in Judaism God takes human form and wrestles with with other humans and converses and talks with human beings in a personal capacity. While in Islam the Quran says God will not talk to a human being directly. There's sort of this formality between human beings and God that you can't breach. God will not talk to a human being directly but only through something. God insists that there's nothing like him. Islam je- zealously rejects the idea of God taking a human form or a human taking God form. And the most it does, it comes and says, God could be very close to you. But that's it. Yeah. You know, accept Allah as Allah is. And then after that the question is, okay, how is Allah? But this this is a, a, an extremely significant point because you'll see that we're going to come back again to it again and again. Is that in Judaism and Christianity you humanize God because there is no there, there, sort of the formality is, is, is relieved and when they, they require the formality they bring in a spokesman for God. Islam re- rejects. In the Quran, rejects the idea of a spokesperson for God. But at the same time, rejects the idea of an informality. And sort of a, a humanizing, in, in, in which you humanize God. Yes, you talk to God, but God remains God and you remain you. And that formality is never breached. In the sense that the Christians and in, 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 um, in their missionary work, Come and say, and this is like I say, God, in Christianity, God is your friend. But in Islam, God is your master. Don't you want a friend? Do you want a master? That's fine. But by God becoming a friend, you construct your friend the way you want to, basically. Right? I mean, the, God is no, really no more other than you that is why one of the things that are quite interesting is that because of this the bible old and new testament insists that the only way to truth is not through the word but through faith faith why? because you cannot understand God because you ask the question well okay so If God can take human form, if God can suffer, if God can be begotten, if God can beget. So what is God? And here's the, the response of the Old and New Testament is, don't trust the word, have faith. Have faith. Why? Because by now that we have concretized God, made God concrete in many subjective forms, and humanize God, the concretization of God then leads to the complete abstractness of the notion of God. So if then what is God? I mean, if God takes all these largely subjective formats, and here the response in the old and new testaments is have faith. Don't trust the word, don't trust the, this 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 process of of let's say mechanical analysis just have faith in islam it's quite the opposite in islam is trust the word trust the mechanics of 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 interaction another the, the quran emphasizes the importance of meaning in the use of words. And so consequently, it calls itself Quran, Quran Mubin, right? Lisan Arabi Fasih, the, the clear Arabic language, a precise Quran. It invokes language as a very important artifact to understand God. That you understand God. Through the precision of meaning Or through the dynamic of meaning The Old and the New Testament Are exactly the opposite Because When you when, when the Old Testament Say what is the word The word is God So how about the written word Don't trust the written word And in Christian theology There is a lot written about this That the word Is God So if the word is God then I believe in the word. I don't understand the world. I have faith in the word. So consequently, if I am reading the Old and New Testament, I don't search for the meaning. I search for the belief. And and there is sort of an insistence on the deceptiveness and the misleading nature of the word. No, that uh, that's not in the Torah. That's in the Talmud. That's that's different, because in, when it came to the laws, when it came to the laws. Then you had the enormous discourse of the Talmud. But when it comes to faith, they they basically the same thing. It, it, you cannot believe because the issue arose in Judaism through a variety of complex things. I mean, because God in the Old Testament, takes human form several times. And you have God even wrestling with human beings. And even being beaten by human beings and forced to bless them. Uh, you know, in, the, in, this, in the famous story where, you know, Moses, I think, wrestles with God and then, you know, tells him, bless me or I will kill you. And the word itself becomes an article of faith, not an article of meaning. Unless then the word is basis for law. And that's a very important and, and unfortunately something that Muslims haven't really explored. That is a very important distinction. And that is why in, in the, the whole, in, the, the, if you read the Old or, or the New Testament, you will not find anywhere in the Old Testament or in the New Testament an insistence on the precision of expression, or an insistence on the reflection on the expression or the word. Nowhere does it tell you reflect upon the word, or it, and it will guide you. It it tells everywhere it says have belief, and it will set you free. It will liberate you, and liberate you from what? It will liberate you from the word. Now, in Islam, you never liberate it from the word. Because uh, the the Prophet is supposed to... uh, uh, That in fact, the the, the Prophet complains that people would would desert the Quran. So regardless of your faith, regardless of your faith, you come back again to the Quran for the word to be the central point. So it, it is a remarkable difference. A remarkable difference. And and something that Orientalists often do not, like What, for example, do not understand why is it that Muslims are such sticklers for the expression. So what? I mean, from the Orientalist perspective, why do Muslims waste all this paper and ink talking about whether it is Allah... Um, اللَّهُ أَحَدُ or اللَّهُ الْوَاحَدُ or اللَّهُ So what? I mean, to them, and many orientalists have made this point, it's like, this is stupid. These people are, are pedantic. They waste their time on it. But they got it completely wrong. That's actually the whole point about Islamic theology. Is that the, 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 the centrality of the, of, of the distinction between الْوَاحَدُ or Ahad or Ahad or maliki or maliki and so on and so forth I mean in terms of of, of understanding god in terms of having believe in god in terms of understanding your position and your role you never transcend the word. so Christianity they say something that faith comes first and then yeah i mean the 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 faith yeah, faith is it. Basically, it's... And there's actually... There's a very fascinating book. I think it's called The Word in Christianity or something like that. I think I have it here. It says... Both in Judaism and, 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 and in in the in Old Testament and in the New Testament, the word, language, is distrusted. And you can... I mean, uh, there's numerous parts of the bible which um, several people have commented that the that the language is sort of distrusted as something very dangerous often the the, the word is contrasted to faith you know it's sort of language is contrasted to proper faith and and that is why for example in, in christianity scientific knowledge developed as a secular anti-Christian movement. And, and same actually in, in, in European Judaism. While Islam, it was the corollary because the word would negate faith. To, to go and read anything beyond the Bible, and not read the Bible to analyze it, but read the Bible simply to attain faith. That's where it all is. But to actually come and say, okay, in what sense was Jesus the Son. In what sense was Jesus, why did Jesus suffer for us? In what sense was Jesus, you know, um, in, in what was the f- exact form of the resurrection? Uh, in what sense is Jesus the Holy Ghost? The response to all of that is that you are allowing the word to mislead you. And that uh, you should have faith. The way to faith is actually the word. I mean, it's sort of like the word is your map in both Old Testament and the New Testament I'm not going to say Christianity or Judaism I'll say the Old Testament and the New Testament it is not the map they are simply pointers but the the whole point is belief I mean it's just to believe sort of like nowhere to go just through faith while Islam the precise language of the Quran is, is crucial and there's an insistence on the precision of the language on the importance and the centrality of, of, the, of the language and the expressions and, and, and the idioms and everything. I'm not trying to bring later on some, some of this material how the word is treated in the Qur'an, and, contra- and contrasted with how the word is treated in the Old or the New Testament. The practice is merely, it's all secondary. I mean, the practice or comprehension or understanding or anything like that. I mean, you have faith, and then the all the rest are just extras. The, all the rest are just simply extras. Judaism is not quite that, that extent. I mean, Judaism classical Judaism, it is important that you follow the the halakhic laws, that you follow the various prescriptions and rules and so on. But what is quite significant is that Judaism invokes the divine guidance given to the sages, discoursing on the Talmud for the, the various laws which actually come from tradition, I mean in Judaism, these laws are, are much more rooted in the traditions and practices and that is why it became quite easy or quite um, possible for people to to negate all types of, all types of practices because if, if you read much of Talmudic law, it is based on practice and custom and tradition. Not necessarily on textual interpretation. And one of the remarkable things is that while you look at, at, at Islamic law sources, nearly everything is a debate about either what this, Quran, what this verse means or what this verse requires or what this hadith is or so on and so forth. In Talmudic law, rarely is a debate about what the Talmud, what the Torah says about anything. The debate is always about the traditions, the customs of our forefathers or, our, you know, the, the elders the, and so on. And um, that's why, again, I mean, wh- one could go through a, a lot of things in, in that sense. When you hear sociologists nowadays talk about Muslims who don't believe in God, like at Mesa, there was a woman who made a, you know, gave this presentation in which she talked about this lesbian woman who doesn't believe in God, who is a Muslim. In Judaism, it might make sense. In Judaism, it might make sense because it, you are Jewish by the customs. But in Islam, it absolutely makes no sense. But people... Refuse to give Islam or, or cannot understand this uniqueness to Islam about it. they see it and they say well we don't understand why why Muslims have been so resistant to change for so many centuries, but they refuse to understand it on its own terms the, the you know the, the notion of a Muslim who doesn't believe in God who the le- a lesbian who doesn't believe in god who who attacks Islam or you know according to the story and so on. Attacks Islam and, and does, you know, attacks the notion of God every chance she gets. But yet to say, oh look, she's constructing Islam, how fascinating. She's constructing her own subjective third space, what's well, called the theory of third space. Her own third space of Islam, her own subjective experience of Islam. Well, in the Islamic context, that's complete nonsense. Has no meaning. The subjective experience of Islam is nonsense. Well, this is all, I, I mean, it's certain historical d- development uh, within Judaism. It's but, based on yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, that's why it is possible, as, as strange as this might sound, but it is possible in Judaism to not believe in God, but practice Jewish law. Follow Jewish law. Jewish law is a tradition. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's something completely different. Yeah. Personal. So David, this guy David Powers at Cornell, you know, he observes all Jewish practices to the extent of eating, you know, the right type of bread at the right time, but doesn't believe in God. While on the other side, Christianity just believes and the heck with practice, you know, it's sort of. But but because of the the Christi- Christian discourses, pose God at such a subjective level, the, the the church was needed to give an objective experience of God, and the objective experience of God became so objective that it is nothing more than the than the than the subjective experience of the church, the the subject that the that the that the the job subjectifying of God's experience through the church. So it was just instead of the multi-subjective experiences of different human beings, it just became the subjective experience of this institution and the definition that it gave to God. uh, It was completely an untenable position, untenable situation, and and, and that's why it it crashed. I mean, it it, it crashed uh, (laughs) uh, in, in a huge way. And the only way then the Church was able to survive, the Catholic Church, and when you look at the Catholic Church now, they demand an objective experience of God through them from a set of people, the clergy. The clergy, which they make all the demands on. The rest, it's sort of, again, it's, it's, it's fluid. doesn't have any concreteness to it you could do whatever you do and then you know you, you meet the pope at the right moment and the pope blesses you islam that's impossible impossible I mean, the, the the idea that anyone would bless you or or that god would be subjective through you the idea for example of making a song about you know you could mo- make a movie about jesus christ in which you person- personify jesus christ you could draw paintings of Jesus Christ, you could even talk about your own experiences with Jesus Christ, personal experiences. In Islam, that, when that happened, which was quite rare, it, produces, it produced a shock to talk about your own personal experiences with God in which God materialized to you when you sat together and you talked about this and that and, or, or the idea of, 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 of can you imagine in, in, in Islamic history someone daring to draw a painting of God I mean, d- d- we, we're even about the prophet we don't dare draw a picture of the prophet although some have dared do it but can, now, can you imagine someone trying to do it with God and that has a very good reason that there, in Judaism there are pictures of God. Because God is humanized. In Christianity there are pictures of God. God is humanized. People could not understand why is it that in Islam every time Muslims wanted to express their art about God they, all they do is write words and, and make you know, geometrical shapes and forms and so on and, and, and not express it in terms of anything more concrete than that. Or when they want to get really innovative, you know, they, they, they draw a figure with a white face, which is a prophet, riding on a horse with a bunch of people, riding with him and so on. While you know very well what, what Christian and Jewish art forms take. All of that is an indication of the same point. And the indication of, of the impact that the theology of surahs like huwa Allahu Ahad" had on the Muslim psyche. And, and, and these are people, remember, these are pre-Islamic, pre, pre-Islam Arabia, are people who are extremely used to individualized, personified, humanized God. after all, it's a statute that you go in and, 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 and you discourse with the statute, you give the statute gifts, you talk to the statute, and if the statute doesn't do what you want, you go and break it.